What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 512th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Will. I, it's bike season again. Back out on the bicycle. I, I get, get with it, kids. Get out on those bikes. The bike. See you on the bike trails. Greg also Although, here. I do want to, everyone <laughs> to hold Steve accountable because he said, if I move to Minneapolis, I'll ride bikes with you. I, I ain't seen him on a bike yet. <laughs> there ain't a bike. Gary a bike yet. So I have a question for Will. Here. When are you going to disappear for your two-week-long bike hike thing? Where you oh, pack that would be like up? August. Okay. Yeah, the bike packing trip? Yeah. Much, much later okay. season. I mean, I think we need to be prepared for when you just up and stop answering our calls. Oh, yeah, because you know I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to start living Absolutely. Off, You'll living be on the road, bike. living the bike pack life. Living off your, the land. With their dirty boys and their muddy feet. I'm going to become one of those people that just like literally spends their entire life hiking north and south up and down the Pacific Crest Trail and like literally does nothing else else with their life. I'm excited for this new chapter in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very rugged. rugged. Can't yeah. wait for you to start a biking trail Pacific TikTok. <laughs> well, I will never, never start a TikTok because that place is awful. Hey! It's like the van, van life people. Oh, man. I can't even get... I'm not even touching that one. My TikToks are very passable oh. as <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got two big topics today. One is a bunch of TCG news. The other is a bunch of Pokemon news. Po- sorry, it's a Pokemon podcast. A lot of Pokemon Go news, uh, and we have a little stuff sprinkled in between. Let's start with the Pokemon Go stuff, because there was that interview with Kelsey, who is the community manager who replaced Liz after Liz left. I think Liz left Pogo Niantic to, I think she ended up working at Crunchyroll. Wow, that's a good good career. Yeah, that's a good gig. Kelsey took their place, and Kelsey had an interview with Trainer Tips. And I think it answered some questions. At least there was questions that Greg has asked on this program. And I felt like Kelsey did address those questions. I will say that, like, I am in the Niantic creator group thing. You know, I was a part of, like, the distance discussion when they wanted to expand the distance. Or they did expand the distance and then they reduced the distance and then they expanded it again. And one of the rules in the creator group is... I can say that, like, I talked to Niantic, but I can't say, like, I talked to Liz or I talked to Kelsey. I'm not allowed to say who said right. what. I'm just allowed to say Niantic said this. I can't say which person in Niantic said that. And I think that's part of, like, Niantic's protection. If I was like, oh, I talked to Julie, and then people might find Julie on Twitter, and then they would be like, Julie, what well, you said. It's it's more of like a Twitter sucks. Uh, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes I have to be vague of like, Niantic said this, but I can't really say who at Niantic said what. But but before we get to that interview, uh, let's talk about what's happening here in, in Pokemon Go. First off, tickets to GoFest Berlin are on sale. So that's going to take place in uh, Germany from July 1st to July 3rd in the Britzer Garden. Uh, there will be a general admission ticket of 24.99 euros. I don't know what that is in freedom dollars, but... Uh, you can also get early access to for thirty two dollars and thirteen thirty two 
euros and 13 cents that's not cents is it desi desi euros I desi euro. tickets are limited first come first serve so that's a little concerning for seattle because uh, if they mm-hmm. do first come first serve for that i don't know you know to be honest we, I- we've survived these things before <laughs> uh according to my calculator 24.99 euro is 26.34 u.s dollar okay Trainers who purchase tickets to the uh, GoFest Berlin will get the following highlights. You get the Explore, Explore Britzer Garden and complete exclusive event research to encounter Skyform Sky Shaman. You enjoy uh, event-themed field research tasks. Shiny Panseer and Shiny Fungus will make their Pokemon Go debut. If you're lucky, you may encounter... Uh, it says you may encounter one. I, I, oh, because they already said Shiny at the beginning. Got it. Would I then assume that Shiny Pansage and Shiny Amoongus will also make their debuts? Yeah. yeah. A special version of the Pokemon Go Fest 2022 t-shirt will be exclusively at this and in-person and other in-person Go Fest. Meet your favorite creators at autograph sessions. Yeah, I'm sure that that's what's bringing people in. <laughs> so you're going to have your own booth. I, yeah. I, I, if Niantic was like, you can, I'd be like, mm, that's a, I'm okay. I'm okay with not saying hi to people. <laughs> okay. I am on the official Ritzer Garden page. Uh-huh. This place is amazing. Oh, it's Germany. Of course it's amazing. Why? Germany what? is the future. Why are you not <laughs> paying for all of us to fly to Germany to go to this event, Steve? Because I literally want to go to this park it is gorgeous i was looking at tickets it was like a 1400 hundred dollar flight and i couldn't i couldn't make it any cheaper uh and and you i i have missed all of the most recent uh community days held at the mall of america and therefore failed to get a passport photo oh so, yeah. yeah oh get wrecked i don't have mine either oh my well, gosh you guys get your passports. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, we're not well, going to no, get passports yeah, we, not, in not, time for this. Not until like November at the earliest, because now it's warm enough to have Community Day outdoors. We're never going to the Mall of America ever again. Oh, I see. I thought yeah. you meant the Passport Bureau was behind. Is that what they're called? The Passport Bureau? The Passport Bureau, oh, yes. Do you even listen to this program? <laughs> Five no. weeks ago, Greg and I said we need to get passports, and then we made the joke because the Cowboy Wear Photography uh, yeah. Studio, the old time... Does passport photo photos and Greg said I want to get my passport photo done as a cowboy. I do. Do you even listen to this program? Are you a fan of it's super effective <laughs> like I am? Explore four real world habitats, two unique to the Berlin event, and make exciting Pokemon discoveries. Each habitat will have its own collection challenge. You can encounter the following Pokemon in each habitat. The Electric Garden. We'll have Hisuian, Voltorb, Combi, Fungus, Helioptile, and more. The Windy Coast. We'll have Feebas, Clampearl, Panpour, Woobat, and more. The Living Meadow. We'll have Galarian, Ponyta, Scyther, Yanma, Pansage, and more. And the Molten Rocks. We'll have Craniados, Panseer, Roggenrola, Daramaka, and more. Okay, but. Which one of these is going to be in the witch's garden? Because this thing is amazing. They have a witch's garden in this place. You can make up to six special trades. Enjoy reduced stardust cost during the event. There will be a trading post. There will be a battleground. 
You can take snapshots for a surprise. Have fun catching Pokemon. Meet your fellow trainers. Uh, all trainers in Berlin will have access to Pokemon Go Fest 2022 raids, including Cresselia and Darkrai in five-star raids during the Go Fest Berlin from July 1st to July 3rd. I don't think tickets are sold out as of this recording, Saturday, May 7th. But who knows when this podcast gets published on Monday, it could. The general emission is from 11 to 6. The early access is from 9 to 6. And there are additional add-ons, which I wanted to talk about this. I know like 95% or more of people listening to the show are like, I'm not going to Berlin. I, get, I understand. The, you know, one person is going to Berlin, though. But there, but the Berlin thing kind of lays out what the Seattle thing is probably going to be. That's why we don't know what Seattle True. is. True. But uh, this is probably laying out the Seattle thing as well. As addition to our live events, we're offering trainers the chance to enhance their event experience with special additional add-ons. These add-ons can be purchased when you purchase your live ticket, cannot be added later. Add-on bonuses will be, I'm, again, I'm going to assume this is the same for Seattle, so when people buy their Seattle ticket and are like, I didn't know I could add these on, I wanted, you have to add them on when you purchase the ticket. Add-on bonuses will be active from Friday, July 3rd to Saturday, Sunday, July, sorry, Friday, July 1st to Sunday, July 3rd. They will be only active within the Pokemon Go Fest location indicated on your ticket. You can have the Raid Lover add-on for 10 euros. Which is about the same $10. This grants 12 in-person raid passes each day. So that's 30 raid passes. Holy cow. I Wait. How? Tw- 30? Oh, sorry. 12. 12. Um, $10 yeah. for 12. That's 36 <laughs> like... raid passes. In-person raid passes. Okay. So you get 12 well, raid passes you, each day. Friday, oh, Saturday, see, see, Sunday. And an additional 5,000 XP after every raid you complete. Six additional candy, rare candy, three additional candy XL. Oh, sorry, not rare candy. Six additional candy and three additional candy XL after catching Pokemon and five star raids. So that's, that's, I think that's a good value. If you like, how much is a raid pass? A raid pass is a dollar. So it's like you get 20% discount. 20? No, it's like a 60% discount, right? Oh wait, for ten dollars you're getting thirty six. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry, it's not ten dollars a day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's ten dollars. Uh, you have to use them, right? You can't. You can't. St- the thing is, you can't stockpile them. Right. So it's a use or lose situation. So if you are truly, if you're not a raid lover, then you should not buy the raid lover thingy. <laughs> <laughs> Much like a pizza. Yes. <laughs> if you're not a meat lover, don't get Look. the meat lover pizza. Oh, uh, we oh. Uh. Pizza Luce has the best seasonal pizza right now. So good. Might be getting that for dinner. Thank you. There's the Critical Catch add-on for 10, 10 euros. Oh, sorry. Critical Hatch. Critical Hatch. I'm like, it's not catch. It's hatch. Hatch eggs one-fourth the normal distance. This bonus does not stack with similar bonuses. Earn double XP, double the candy, and double the stardust. This one seems worse because all the eggs are garbage. This one, yeah, this one seems bad because you'd have to buy more incubators. <laughs> if if they were like, hey, it's one fourth the distance and we're giving you 10 incubators. Well, how many incubators do they give you as part of your ticket to go fast? Because they might be throwing in incubators there. I don't think any. They would have said. I mean, you like, if GoFest was only giving you 2K eggs, and you had not a 
a full collection of 7k eggs and you're walking all weekend you could burn through 2k eggs like left and right especially oh, with yeah. like the yeah, free but, but this still doesn't seem that great at what what is the name of the park briggle baggle the britzer the blitzer blitzer blitz so when you go the thing is at that park when you go to der spiegel zone time goes slower yeah. but you right so you can hatch more eggs it's just a a feature of that particular area of the park mhm this one seems bad though <laughs> i mean the raid one doesn't seem great no the raid one seems awesome Be- because the raids aren't great <laughs> darkrai and cresselia yeah they've been there before like I don't yeah. need either. If you don't, yeah, sure. If you were a person that was like, I only do raids, I get the shiny, and then I'm done. Understandable. But like, if if I would personally like doing raids, like if I'm playing Pogo all day, and all day is probably 10 hours, that's like one raid an hour, and I'm playing all weekend, and I'm going to do the raids anyways. And even though I have three shiny Darkrai and two shiny Cresselia, the amount of XP, the extra candy, the like rare candy... I want that stuff. And I can always use more Darkrai. Cresselia, I don't need any more, but I can always use more Darkrai. But that well, also, why? like, we don't know if there's Rock Ruffs. <laughs> we don't know if there's Alolan Raichus. Like, there are other raids I would do. Not specifically Darkrai and Cresselia. But yeah, if you're like, I already have Shiny Darkrai. I already have Shiny Cresselia. I don't care about XP. I don't care about candy. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't spend the 10 bucks. But I, I think we did... For GoFest, was it GoFest? Um, yeah, it was GoFest last year because we did day one in the art park and we did day two at Mall of America. And I think we ended up doing, I ended up doing 40 to 50 raids at Mall of America. And I had all those Pokemon. There was nothing I needed. That was like when Hoopa was bringing in the, the Entes and the Lugias. Yeah, and the, yeah. But I had a great time that day. <laughs> I, I did too, but I did not. I did not waste my money on raids on things I already had. I did my ones, and I'm like, thanks. Pow! No more money from me. Going back, a couple things here. It's I'm going to assume that well, we we know that regular Hedgehog Shaman is for Go Fest next month. So it yes. looks like if you want Sky for Sh- Sky Form Shaman, the deer, it will probably be here. Well, it is here, Seattle, and then Japan. And then I'm assuming there's that like six months wait, and then everyone will get. That's right, right. Then, yeah, then yeah. everybody will get it at a later time. And then there's shiny pan seer at Germany, so I'm assuming America will get shiny pan poor, and then Japan will get shiny pan. Which one do we have? We have poor. We, we have the water one. Do we have the water one? Yeah, we have the water one. Germany has the fire, and then Japan has the grass. Okay. You know, I I have never been a fan of Skyform Shaman. Oh yeah, no, Skyform Shaman is bad. The Hedgehog one is better. Yeah, way better. It's got like I'm even trying to like somebody who made this cool looking playmat, and I'm like, no, it just does not look good. Well, it's just like, why is it called Skyform? It doesn't have wings. It's not well, a the bird. ears. The it giant ears are supposed to be its wings. It can float round, <laughs> but when I think of sky, I don't think of deer. Not with that, dude. You didn't play enough Elden Ring. There's play a f- any Elden Ring. There's a flying deer find. in that game. There's a flying a lot of things in that game. There's a, <laughs> yeah, there's like a giant man like, on a tiny horse in that game. So let's... You got birds with swords attached to their feet. <laughs> Sword birds. That's what's going to come in Scarlet and Violet. All the Elden Ring bosses will be Pokemon now. 
This, I mean, like the layout of this makes me excited for Seattle. Obviously, Seattle's going to be twenty five bucks, though, right? Like, oh yeah, I mean, it's going to be roughly the same price, and they're probably going to have these bonuses, and it's probably going to be the same day, and it's probably going to be you know all three days. I- I'm excited. I think because I spent a Twitch stream looking at the map of Seattle. I think that the that GoFest is probably going to be the Seattle center, where the Space Needle is. Um, and when my wife and I were there this past weekend, we went to the Seattle Center mostly because I was like, uh, where else do you go in Seattle, right? You go downtown Seattle, you go to Seattle Center, you... The market. You're the market. The original Starbucks. And I walked around the Seattle Center, and I was like, this is doable. This is big. The thing, though, is like, there's a lot of um, street performers at the Seattle Center, and I wonder if they close that weekend off to them. Because most street performers need permits to perform. Yeah. They can't, like, what they did with the Chicago, they, with the, at the zoo in Chicago, they couldn't close down the zoo, so people could still walk through. It's just the ticket shows you more stops and spawns and stuff, so it could, there are, like, three other parks it could be at in Seattle. But the other reason I think it's the Seattle Center is because um, those in-person Niantic meetups that they've been doing for the last, this will be month three, May is month three, the last two for the Seattle area were at the Seattle Center. So if anything, they were testing that area. What if they have it in Bellevue at the Nintendo headquarters? Ah, then you get a cup of coffee with Reggie when you're done catching your shiny unknown. Yeah, that's the stuff. I have my stuff booked for Seattle, so I'm I'm excited. I want to go to Berlin, but I don't think that's going to be in the budget. This is where I plug the Patreon, and then... No, I'm just kidding. Speaking of raids, Mega Latios and Latias soar into new heights in Global Air... The Global Pokemon Air Adventure event. So they revamped Mega Evolution. They put Mega Kangaskhan in raids. There was a Mega Kangaskhan event that was... Um, it's Mega, uh, Mega Kangas, Kangaskhan spawned for three hours. Is what was a one in ten chance of getting a shiny. Gave you five free raid passes. That was like a pretty great event, even though it was poorly advertised and I felt like no one knew it was happening. This event will be over by the time this podcast comes up, but it was from Tuesday, May third to Sunday, May eighth. Mega Latios and Latias make their Mega raid debuts. Then Flying Pikachu and a bunch of other Pokemon spawning in the wild. Charizard and Mantine spawning in the wild. I don't know if you guys have done a Mega Latios Latias. No. They are like six star raids. Yeah, I've done one. They they have like, instead of like 65,000 HP, they have like 88,000 HP. They're real. They're tough. Mm-hmm. If you are remote raiding in, you need everyone to accept your remote raid if you want any. <laughs> I mean, it's close. Like, I, I did it with six. Um, everyone was 40 or close to 40. So it was, uh, one, one person and then the five invites. So it was six of us. We finished with like 30 seconds left and five of us had megas, which like, to be fair, if you're going to be doing mega Latios, mega Latias, pick something to mega, pick like how mega Houndoom or mega Gengar or, um, mega Char- Mega Pidgeot. Like- no, not Pidgeot. There's no- what? Why not? It's weak to dark and dragon, not flying normal. Mega Pidgey, I ain't oh. gonna help you. Yeah, but I have those. I have those candies. You don't need the candy anymore. You just 
It's free. Yeah. But I have to do it. I have to do it the first time. Oh, you're saying you don't have the candy to get it the first time. Right. Well, how am I going to do with a hound doom that's got 40 mega candies? Nothing. <laughs> you should sit there staring at me you like, was, what do you want from I me? I was trying to invite you to every mega hound doom raid there was. Look, I am not paying money for mega hound doom. You could I'm not paying money floor. for much anymore. <laughs> not in this economy. Not in this mm-hmm. economy. Have you seen? We have a hound doom at home. You don't need a mega hound doom. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even play with the Houndoom you, <laughs> you have don't even here. Why do you have to go out you and get a, be- a different one? It, it begs the question, though, that because these mega, these mega legendary Pokemon require pretty much everyone to join the remote raid pass. I don't know. Is worry the right word? There is the what? Concern. Concern. Okay, so there are some people that are like, I hope Niantic doesn't remove remote raid passes. They Why would they? They like, when they rolled out the remote raid it's passes. It's pure money. When they rolled out the remote raid passes, they said that they weren't going to remove them. And they said that right now you have a normal attack damage, but in the future it would be reduced attack damage. So you could still remote in, you just wouldn't be as strong. And they haven't removed that nerf. But that they they never said this is just temporary because of the pandemic. Like this is I, I, money aside, like it is a feature that helps a lot of people do raids and play their game. Like it keeps people engaged. And it makes them money. And it makes, I'm, <laughs> like I'm sure it makes them it, a ton of money. It's the double, it's the double win. Even if they reduce the, the damage, which they probably will eventually. Don't know when that's going to be. Probably after GoFest would be my assumption. Nah, they're just going to slide it in and say, hey, new feature for all you. Like it's going to be harder to do raids, which is more exciting for the community. Tougher raids means more fun. Okay, so this is a thing I talked to Niantic about. <laughs> they, I, I always get worried about what I'm allowed to say and not say, but they, they said like the, the toughness of the raid isn't the challenge. It's getting people together. Which, to be fair, when I played Final Fantasy XIV, that was also the challenge, is getting people together. Yeah, but that's the toughness of the raid no, that requires I, you to have other yeah, people I, to successfully I mean, succeed in the raid. They they quickly instituted the, the auto connect for raids. Like that's not a thing. Okay, you just sign sure. up and pop in. Like, you, but you are assuming people know how to do their roles. Everybody, I mean, everybody knows how to do their roles. Like the only thing you have to worry about is a bad healer. Okay, and that can and that can prevent the whole raid from happening. That. I mean, it doesn't because they get frustrated and leave and then you get a different healer that you just say, hey, find me somebody else. Okay, Everybody but the core them. of that problem is getting people together. Like, that is, still the, really that is still, the, that is still the problem. Like, in Destiny, in, in their raids, they didn't have matchmaking because, well, I think they have matchmaking now, but they didn't have matchmaking for, like, the first four years of that game. And their reason was, like, you actually need, like, people with headsets. You need to talk to people. And if, if, if we just do matchmaking and you don't get people with headsets, you're not going to be able to complete these raids. And True. there were count, like, I, 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 I look back before I was like a full time creator and I had just a nine to five job and I would spend like six hours on a single raid. And it was because like one person would cause that raid to fail over and over. And it wasn't maybe the same person every time. But Destiny really oh, required. Oh, it was. I won't name names, but <laughs> I know who it was. But but I would I I played raids in Destiny with hundreds of people, 
And I, and just like Pokemon Go, there was no built-in raid find a friend. I had to go to Reddit. I had to go to like custom build websites and we would have to get people together and you would get two hours into a raid and somebody would be like, I got to go get dinner. And like, okay, now we got to find us. We got to find a person that wants to join mid raid where we're at. Because a lot of people were like, no, I don't want to join mid raid. I want all the rewards. Why would I want to skip the, the, the first two rewards? So I do think like, Yes, the challenge is getting people together. And right now, remote raid passes makes that very easy because everyone's just sitting on their couch. I, I just, again, I think it's wild for these games to be like, the challenge is getting people together and we're not going to help. That, yes, that's go true. Go to Discord, go to Facebook, find some other way because we're not doing it. Yeah, and that's really, what we think the problem is. <laughs> I really wish they would have something that was like along with the remote raid pass, something that was like, I I will join. I I'm looking to do a Latios raid. I don't have one near me. Can you remote me into a currently Latios raid, right? So that I they it's just like automatic matchmaking that way. I mean, there's two things that Final Fantasy does for that. You can go to Party Finder, which are established groups, and you can say, I would like to join your group. And the group says what they're doing, what they're looking for, and the rules they have. Or you go into the random looking for group, just, I want to do this raid, hit the button, and I don't care who I go in with, because I know that everybody has to have X item level. Yeah. Yeah, but and, see, but this is even less consequential, right? Because it's there's not roles right. in Pokemon Go. In Pogo, you you can you can invite six people, sorry, five people. To a rock rough, and everyone could bring magic carps, and you'll be able to succeed. And in Latios Latias, that's not possible. Like you actually have to have people bring pretty okay counters, and you have to have enough people. I think that's fine, and I think even if remote raid passes are nerfed, and I I should say when they are nerfed, for the most part, they'll still be fine. Like, you'll be able to still walk up to a rock rough, invite five people, and the, the decreased damage isn't going to matter. <laughs> the same for, like, Alolan Raichu, which is, like, a three-star. You'll still be able to, to walk up, invite two or three people, and the decreased damage isn't going to matter. I think, though, like, we're going to get to a point where I want to do Landorus. I'm here at location for Landorus. I invite five people, and... If everyone knows what they're doing, it's probably going to be possible. But if people are bringing Agron and and not any ice types, it, it, might, it might fail because the damage might not be enough. But I think that Landorus situation is easily solved if two people are standing at Landorus and they invite five people each. I think I think that's the reality. Mm -hmm. And should legendary Pokemon be harder? Or yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I guess like I I I don't see it as a huge issue, but it but I think it goes back to that conversation we had 2 weeks ago, which is if I see a rock rough down the street, I can walk there, 10 minute walk there, use my free raid pass, do it, 10 minute walk back. That's 20 minutes out of my day for a rock rough. Or I could just remote in for a dollar at my house, do it, get the same rewards. The only difference is I spent a dollar to get 20 minutes of my time back. Yeah. Yeah. If and when Niantic nerfs remote raid passes, they'll still be useful, and they'll still be great to be like, oh, I would love to get in on a Landorus, 
But that doesn't solve the issue of, is it worth me spending 20 minutes to walk to rock rock and back? <laughs> like, no. if anything, they need to make, if they want us to go out and play together, I need I need a reason to walk to that rock rock. Right. You need a better I, I incentive. Think, yeah, I think the biggest issue that a lot of these companies don't understand or aren't willing to accept is that if people are willing to pay money to not have to do the garbage you want them to do, and more and more people are paying the money, then the thing that you're asking them to do isn't fun. It's not something that people enjoy. If I can get a good experience and I don't have to drive half an hour to Mall of America to get to a raid, I can just remote in there because I can see it, or if somebody else is there, I'm going to do that. It's like the act of doing these things isn't fun, so of course people are going to take a shortcut when it's not fun. I mean, there's the reason why people buy bump me to 60 in Final Fantasy 14. Like, I don't want to play the first 60 levels. Jump me. <laughs> I don't want to do that content. It's not great. I mean, it's a lot better now because they revamped it all. But yeah, it's like, at least they understand on some level, like doing this content eats up your time and isn't particularly fun. And where I get stuck with Niantic is Niantic is still in this mindset of, well, it is fun. You just don't get it. <laughs> It's like, well, Greg, you don't get it. Just <laughs> like admit you playing, don't get it. I've been playing since launch. What's there to get? It's just not fun for you. Yeah. And I've said, like, I like walking. I like going outside. Like, it's getting nice out. Every night I've, mm -hmm. I've walked around the block for 20 minutes and I boot up Pikmin and I plant flowers and I walk to three gyms. And if they're blue, I put something in. If they're not blue and they're weak, I'll, I'll spend the, like, 45 seconds to knock it out and, like, finish my lap. But yeah, if it's if it's a day where like, you know, I'm waking up, I'm getting a bunch of work done, I got a stream, raids don't exist at 11. So if I want to sneak in a rock rough, I just don't have the 20, 30 minutes to like walk to it. And that's my problem, mm -hmm. right? Like, but if if the if the in-person rewards were more satisfying, I would consider it. Yeah. And we're just not there yet. And uh, mm -hmm. who knows if we will get there yet. That leads into the conversation with Kelsey. And uh, I think you guys, you guys both watched it. I I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I don't remember a Me thing either. about it at this point. Uh, I did watch it. I remember being distracted by the interview. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, but I think I remember enough of it to have a conversation about it. Yeah, one of the questions I think the the probably the question that is probably pulled the most is the the. Um, disability stuff. Kelsey did say they said that Niantic does care about disability and accessibility, and they are still trying to figure out what that solution is. And they said that that was their first priority coming in as the community manager about that. They just don't have answers for people yet. So reassuring to hear. <laughs> I'm waiting for Greg to say something. This isn't. This isn't a hard thing to find out. And that's that's where I started to get stuck on those answers. It's like, at one point, you want to say it's a priority. You have huge swaths of community people that will happily talk to you about this, that will happily sit down and say, here's the things that we need. Here's the stuff that makes a difference. There have been people complaining about your changes since you've put them in. And so it, it always feels so disingenuously corporate to me, but like, 
we understand it's a problem, but we don't have solutions yet. And we don't really understand what people need, which is just like you still haven't made it a priority to ask those people. But OK, I'm not trying to defend anyone, but I do remember Kelsey saying that they do that, that people should use the the actual feedback form on Niantic's website. And they do read everything that comes. They have to legally read everything that comes back through that feedback form versus the terribleness of Twitter and Reddit. I mean, I'm not even that big of a content creator in the grand scheme of things. And I think Nick made a joke about this. Uh, Nick, the, the trainer tips, the person interviewing Kelsey was like, I don't even read my YouTube comments anymore. He, he was like, I just can't. There's too many. And... And like I, I have gotten in the instance of like even on my not even my own posts, but clicking on somebody else's posts and looking at the comments of just like, this is disgusting. Like who would ever no one gets paid enough money to sit here and dig through this stuff. Like it's just so mentally draining on Twitter sometimes. So it's like I am sure there are tons of people on Twitter providing excellent suggestions of what can be beneficial to make the game more accessible but that's like probably a dime a dozen compared to just the garbage you have to sit through but and i feel like that's customer service like everybody's saying (laughs) oh it's so hard to do this do a customer service job sit in a call center and take these very calls day in and day out that is the job I think there's a big difference between somebody hiding behind a keyboard, smashing some garbage at a tweet versus somebody taking the time to call in. You will still get garbage people calling in. A, you are ignoring that everybody at AT AT&T and there's a team of people that have to go through every tweet that's at them to read it. There is a chat form that they chat in that's a person behind the keyboard ripping them in that they you just go to the website and say chat live. These are things that corporations do. To sit there and say, I can't read all of that because I don't know what's garbage. That's what multi-billion corporations do every day, day in and day out. I don't that think is Niantic's, people's jobs. I don't think Niantic's Twitter team is Niantic. I think it's a third party. That's why that's why they're always wrong. But I mean <laughs> then I mean if you're gonna outsource it, then you need to work with your outsourcing group. We well, have outsource also- for stuff. Keep in mind, for as large as Niantic is, they're they're nowhere near as large as AT and T or any major international. Yeah, but they also don't have company. the same size customer base either. Like they're not as big, but the customer base isn't as large either. Like it it is a scalable thing. Like mm. until you reminded people that there's a feedback form. People don't think there's a feedback. Who even form. knew that there was a feedback? Like, form. like you read the comments on that YouTube video. Apparently, no one knew there was a feedback form. Right? We've hidden. We we've not made that easily accessible either. Like it, it is. It is still a corporation's issue. If you if you want feedback that way to put out a statement on your blog and on your Twitter, these we understand that these are your issues please use this feedback form here's a link and send it in and that is that is you're gonna get the same people that tweet at you i don't think so i i i I, maybe but like i i feel like (laughs) i I feel like you 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 don't and as somebody who did work in customer service i would i would say that you obviously you still get like jerks and you still get people yelling at you but like in-person 
conversations always went better than over the phone oh, conversations. 100%. That, like, it seemed like in-person conversations were, like, the most calm and collective. And then it moved into, like, phone. And then it moved into, like... Like, and I feel like Twitter is at the very end of that. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, it's because of how humans can, can communicate. 85% of how we communicate is through body language and facial expressions. So when you cut that out, the next largest chunk is tone of voice, which is 15%. And then the last bit of how we communicate are the words we actually choose. So written form across all mediums is always going to be the worst. Because that's not how we as humans communicate. So in person is always going to be better because you can see their face. You can read their body. You can register what their emotions are. You can see how angry they are or how not angry they are. Body language is how we communicate. So yeah, taking that out is always bad. Like the fact that most of our social media is all written is bad. The reason why TikTok is very successful because it makes videos is because people can see people and look at their face and read their faces and know what they mean. Like it is a fundamental problem of communication, but I don't think that dissolves the responsibility of a corporation that has a product that has to answer all those channels. No, I mean they said they're bad. They said they were reading every tweet. I, I, I when they said that though, I thought of like. Is it when you you know the whole like if you're mad at your politician, don't call them, write them a letter because they have to like look at. And I I was like, is is this what the feedback form is like? Yeah, calling is Twitter, but like if you actually want Niantic to listen, you got to go to their form and fill it out. I mean the 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 ration behind that to just to finish the logic behind why you would write your politician a physical letter. It's because and this is something you bring up all the time. You took the time to sit down and write a letter you must actually care versus sitting on the toilet while you poop and writing a tweet. Right? And I'm assuming the people who... I've seen some real bad letters, people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's be real. (laughs) The only only barrier of a letter is you have to put it in an envelope and then put a stamp on it. That takes effort. It takes way more effort than just log into your Twitter, that's for sure. I, I kind of wish Nick pushed harder on some things, but also I I would assume that even if they were more difficult questions, Kelsey was in a situation where they yeah. could only say so much. Right. I mean, so even uh, if corporations, the- PR people are tied to certain things and cannot go past them. I don't know. We can we can spend another hour on accessibility for for Pogo. I guess the takeaway is they acknowledged it finally. Uh, which is a step. It is a step, that's for sure. Because because prior, I mean, like three weeks ago, we said on the show, like, they they don't even bring it up. Yeah. I mean, it is it is nice that they answered the question. At, it's not great that it was really corporate. Um, And it is the amount of places that say, oh, it's a priority. We're looking at it and then never do anything because they just said that to make people think that they're doing the work. That then they never do. Like, it's it's great that they acknowledged it, but until they actually do something, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, I don't think anything's going to be done until all of the, all of GoFest is over. There's no way they're they're changing I mean, yeah. anything in their game during the, the, the three months that make them the most money. Like, we are, we are going to get, like, they revamped Megas, whatever they teased the other week that's supposed to come out relatively soon, and then... 
go fast, go fast, go fast. And I'm I'm assuming during that time, there like everyone's going to be making sure that go fast isn't broken. Hmm. So they're not going to be working on anything else. So if there is anything accessibility coming, it probably won't even be till next year at this rate. Uh probably not. But I mean, that's sort of the problem is corporations can always come up with a reason why it's a back burner. Right. And like, then things oh, become Go back burners forever. Oh, gonna, but then we're heading but, into the holidays. Yeah. And we uh, have we, a bunch of holiday issues that we have to deal with. No, God, it's the new year. And we have a whole bunch of things planned for new year. And we have to plan out that summer stuff. So once all that's done, and then it's a never ending cycle of always putting it off. That's just the issue. It's why it's like, I, it's great to hear you address it, but you actually have to do something. Because the words mean nothing. <laughs> hey, they fixed Mega Evolution. <laughs> fixed. I mean, how how many years have we had Megas? Uh, gosh, two? I think two, right? Yeah, two seems I mean, right. they revamped the whole thing. I, I make, like, right. like for uh, all of the like 20 minutes of complaining about Niantic, the new Mega Evolution system is really great. It is better. It's way better. Like, it is, like I, I Mega every day. Um, Like, it was, it, it, it feels... Again, you know... It, it's solving the issue, something else that wasn't the issue that people were wanting. It's like how they, ca- you know, they're trying to cure disease and they came up with a pill to get rid of restless leg syndrome. Like, <laughs> great. We didn't need it. Like, there's a few people that needed it, but that wasn't what we were looking for. <laughs> Those jokesters over at Niantic, they'll figure it out. They just need a couple more million dollars from the summer to. Move on. All right. Speaking of moving on, let's take a break. When we come back, we got a bunch of TCG stuff to talk about, and uh, then we'll wrap up the show. So we will be right back. I really do enjoy playing Pokemon Go in Boston because that city is so historic. Yep. We were 15 minutes late to our own yeah. event. Like, ideally, if the red line was working, Alewife to Harvard is a 10-minute right. right. The trains were down. Yep. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. The trains were down. Yep. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. The trains were down. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. The trains were down. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. We had a had a everything went wrong morning. Morning. It just felt chaotic and more bad. The trains were down. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. The trains were down. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. The trains were down. Trying to get on a bus. The bus is down. The trains were down. And we are back. We got some TCG stuff. A lot of TCG stuff, actually. First being uh, Astral Radiance. That's going to come out May 27th. Uh, It's going to feature 180 cards. And uh, we we have here off Pokemon.com, this expansion includes new powerful Pokemon V Star and Pokemon V and Pokemon V Max to add to your team. Like the previous expansion, Brilliant Stars, this set will have uh, 30 Trainer Gallery subset cards featuring special artwork. And then they show off um, Hisuian Decidueye V Star. They show off uh, some gorgeous uh, Ice Rider Calyrex mm-hmm. V and Ice Rider Calyrex V Max. Are those star- reprints? Reprints? No, these are new. Uh, they got Starmie V. The Reggies are coming back. They're all bad, though. It doesn't matter. Um, and then we we see a card for Hisuian Overquill. 
So we're getting into the. What uh, was this in Japan? Uh, I don't remember what this set was in Japan, but it just came out last month. So right, we're not too far fun. behind. Man, talk about a Pokemon I don't care about. Calyrex, right up there at the top. <laughs> oh, oh no, thank you. Uh, in Japan, it was released as as the duo Time Gazer and Space Juggler. Oh, those are bad names. <laughs> those are bad names. <laughs> well, because you have to remember, in Japan, they do like a monthly release of sets, yeah. and yeah. then they bundle the like three months worth into one set for us. Yes, Kath, aren't their packs smaller? Usually, their okay. sets are under a hundred cards. No, no, the packs have. Oh, the packs. Ju- yes, the packs are five cards. Okay, instead of ten cards, their packs are normally two hundred yen, um, which is you slap two of them together, and it's like. Four bucks for the U.S. The other thing off Pokemon Center is uh, Arceus V. This actually launched um, yesterday on Friday. Uh, bring the power of the majestic alpha Pokemon to your team with Pokemon TCG Arceus V figure collection. Included are both a beautifully detailed figure of the incredible Arceus V promo card. This promo card is really great. And it will shows multiple Pokemon uh, staring up at Arceus on Mount Cornet looming in the background. Arceus V has been proven itself to be extremely useful in some of the te- top Pokemon TCG decks, thanks to its Trinity Charge attack. Uh, this attack does not do any damage to your opponent, but instead lets you search in your deck for up to three basic energy and attach them to your Pokemon V in any way you would like. It is an extremely useful way to get your team battle-ready in a hurry. Uh, this set includes one foil promo card featuring Arceus V, one sculpture of Arceus, four TCG booster packs, and a code card for TCG Online or TCG Live, which... Sorry to anyone who moved their collection over to that beta, because it is <laughs> apparently still not solid, mm. but who knows? Uh, it could, you know, get updated and fix everything overnight, like Mega Evolution in, in Pokemon Go. That was overnight changes <laughs> <laughs> after two years. The other bit of news here is uh, the Pokemon TCG Pokemon Go expansion. You thought we were done talking about Pokemon Go, but no, this expansion is on its way. There were cards finally revealed for the upcoming Pokemon TCG Pokemon Go expansion. Found in the Pokemon Go booster packs, these collectible and powerful cards will attract every type of Pokemon TCG fan. Note that booster packs for this pack will not be sold separately. This is the same as their other special collection. You have to buy like an elite mm. trainer box or um, like uh, a blister okay, so pack. Not sold individually. Yeah. Okay. Reminiscent of the Pokemon Go experience, some Pokemon appear to jump into the real world, such as Pikachu walking alongside its trainer, Snorlax snoozing on a porch in front of a house. Some cards portray Pokemon that have a connection to Pokemon Go, such as the mythical Pokemon Meltan, who mm. was originally mm. discovered in Pokemon Go. And check out Blissey's illustration of a Pokemon valiantly defending it. That's actually really funny that like put, they put Blissey in the gym. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a cute art. The art is, makes me laugh. Trainer cards also pick up the Pokemon Go vibe. The Pokemon, the Pokestop Stadium card can be can find item cards near the top of every deck each turn. The Lure module item lets both players find a Pokemon near the top of their deck, and it won't come as a surprise that Candela, Spark, and Blanche. Heads of Team Valor, Team Instinct, and Team Mystic will make their Pokemon TCG debut as supporter cards. These three will also have full art cards. Uh, Looking to add a little oomph to your deck, Mewtwo V-Star is what you're looking for. It's 
Uh, Star Raid V Power is an attack that does 120 damage to each of your opponent's V Pokemon. Its Psy Purge attack does up to 270 damage when you discard Psychic Energy. One promo card that stands out in multiple ways is the Radiant Eevee. Uh, useful in battle, letting you search up to six cards in your deck with the tw- Twinkle Gathering attack. It is a colorless Pokemon. It slots into easy, pretty much any deck. And they said that there will be an Elite Trainer box, a V Battle deck, one featuring Mewtwo, one featuring Meltan, a Pokemon Go Special Collection, a Pokemon Go Collection featuring Alolan Executor, a Pokemon Go Premium Collection featuring Raiden Eevee, Pokemon Go Tin, Pokemon Go Mini Tin, and Pokemon Go Pokeball Tin. First products will arrive July 1st. Um, other products will be launching soon. At least on Pokemon Center, you should be able to get the Elite Trainer Box and the Radiant Eevee Collection. I think we're both on Pokemon Center. Those are the only two things being sold as far as I know. So in the Special Collection, are those pins? Yeah, they showed off those before. There's like three boxes. One's a Team Valor, one's a Team Instinct, one's a Team Mystic, and then you get the corresponding pin. I kind of only I kind of want to buy it just for the pin because the pin looks pretty right. cool. This is how they got you. I well, this look, is how they got you. I I got a number of submissions. Thank you, people who submitted your decks to solve my Rosalia problem. I will be judging them at a later time and seeing what I can afford. But I could potentially get into this pin box, or you know what, Steve can buy them. And just give me the pin. No, which I collect is a much the pins. better option. I collect the pins. Then buy two. Then buy give two. Greg. Oh, I see. I see, I see. My birthday uh, is coming up. The real question is how much art was contributed by noted Instagram live action Pokemon photographer Pokemon Snaps for these cards? Um, probably zero. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I, it's the one thing I asked for, and they couldn't even come through with that. The Elite Trainer Box has been on Pokemon Center for over a week now. It's still not sold out. I, I have a suspicion. Like, like it is still pretty... It is still decently hard to find Pokemon cards. Is it on pre-order? Yes. You can pre-order okay. off PokemonCenter.com. Uh, like, I, wa- I walked into a Target two days ago, completely sold out. A week ago, I walked into a Target fully stocked. Like it's it's very hit and miss. Yeah, it's very like, hit like and if miss you, right if you now. arrive on restock day, good odds. Otherwise, sold out. At least in my area. Um, and I've heard from other people that like it's still a wasteland out there. But they have reprinted uh, Darkness Ablaze, and they have reprinted Vivid Voltage. I did walk into a store and they had a full shelf of Darkness Ablaze, and I was like, whoa! Like I haven't seen Darkness Ablaze before. Like. The pan- like like literally the the week of the pandemic starting was like the last time I saw Darkness Ablaze. It's it's okay. So two things. Number one is I think they're gonna print this Pokemon Go set to the moon. I don't. Oh yeah yeah. I think like they don't care. For the most part, I don't think they care about like resale value of cards. Like who cares if a Charizard's eight hundred dollars? No. They they they're never gonna see that money. I mean, no company's ever gonna care about the secondary market. Right. Like so, they'll they'll want to do things to secretly kill the secondary market, but they don't care like so, how much the cards go. Let for. me just tell you something that there are some TCG player folks out there who are adamant that companies are like 
very invested in the secondary market because they believe like that $400 Charizard is driving more people to buy cards. Oh, it's oh, like a very right? tinfoil hat theory. Which yeah, is tinfoily. Like, if I don't have any interest in buying Pokemon cards to start out with, seeing a $400 Charizard does not move the needle. <laughs> it does not make and me I want say, that more. And I would say for the majority of people out there who are not trading card game players, you're not going to draw them into this market. It's like it's it's a very small amount of people who would be motivated by that. Here's a fun story. In 2016, we got Pokemon Sun and we got Pokemon Moon, right? And we also had the Year of Mythical. We also had like all the anime coming to uh, Twitch. You can watch the anime on Twitch. We had a bunch of other things happening in 2016. We also had uh, a game release in 2016 called Pokemon Go, which obviously got a lot of people back into Pokemon. It was a huge success for Pokemon in general. And to take advantage of that, there was a TCG set called XY Evolutions. The XY Evolutions had like six different Charizards in it, like four Blastoise, four Venusaurs, 300 Pikachus. It had a bunch of different cards. Uh, and a lot of these, and so these cards were based off of like the, the original base set. Like, oh, you can get a base set XY Evolution Charizard, you can get like Mega Charizard, whatever. And they printed this set to the moon. It was the most printed Pokemon TCG set of all time. And in a sense, it ultimately flopped. Pokemon Go players, while some did like decide at Target, you know, right before checkout to pick up a pack of Pokemon cards because they're playing Pokemon Go, this set was dead in the water. You couldn't buy any future set without being like, oh, they, they stuck in two XY evolutions in this pack. Great. Like, garbage, like pure garbage. Like, there's nothing in these packs I care about. It wasn't until the YouTube boom slash COVID sitting at home, what should we spend our money on, get into break boxes of Pokemon cards, which we've talked about extensively. And XY evolutions went through the roof of like suddenly being worth money because people because for the same reason crimson invasion went up in value even though crimson invasion is a significantly more worse significantly worse set than xy evolutions like people were just so desperate for any packs that had charizard in it any packs in general <laughs> that these cards went up that being said i think they're printing this set to the moon because they don't want the drought. Two things. They don't want the drought thing to happen again. Because mm -hmm. I think this time they can successfully capture that audience they wanted to capture back in 2016 by Pokemon Go branding these cards. And number two is they are they there is a time sensitivity on Pokemon cards. People want the new stuff. People want to go into the store and get the new stuff. Whereas like Without this weird secondary market that drove cards up, when I went into the store and I was like, XY Evolutions was on shelves for almost five years. From 2016 until the start of the pandemic, XY Evolutions sat on shelves. 
because no one wanted it because it was bad and it's still bad. They're going to print the set to the moon, make sure it's on shelves because this summer people are going to be playing a lot of Pokemon Go. They're going to buy it and then it will continue to sit on shelves, but they will at least make their initial money. On a whole nother topic, I am so glad they're reprinting Vivid Voltage and Darkness Ablaze because they did, they were incredibly hard to find when they came out because people were just buying and there is this weird thing now and i don't know if this exists in sports cards or base like uh, other market or i don't think this exists in magic either but there's this weird thing and i've seen it on tiktok and i've seen it on twitter and i've seen it on youtube where people have rooms full of like vivid voltage or evolving skies or whatever like name a tcg pokemon set and they have just boxes to the ceiling they they have that in magic, they have but that it's the magic. early nineties sets, alpha, yeah. beta, those and, ones. and and so they walk into this room of like vivid voltage and they're like, This is my investment. And now these people are panicking because the Pokemon company is reprinting these sets finally. Because people don't have them. Like it, it was it was really hard for the last two years to get vivid voltage. And vivid voltage is a pretty good set, not only like there are fun cards to collect. There's the the Rainbow Pikachu. Um, there's cards that you can use competitively. Like it, it's a fun set to. It's it's kind of a large set, but it's it's a relatively fun set to open. And it's just like I don't know. I guess I'm in the camp of like Pokemon cards are not an investment. Like it just reminds me of a very 90s <laughs> issue where my parents. I've watched my parents do this where they were like buying Beanie Babies and they were like these mm-hmm. Beanie Babies are gonna put you through college. I re- we make the joke all the time. Where, like, we went, I was a kid, you guys were adults, but you we went to go see the first Pokemon movie, and they handed you the ancient Mew. And my parents legitimately said, <laughs> it's not a, like, we joke about it, but it's not a joke. My parents legitimately said, I could not open the wrapper of this ancient Mew because it would devalue it, and this card would be worth hundreds, and I could use it for college. And the joke is that ancient Mew is worth $6 sealed yeah. uh, uh, on TCG Player. The thing is, is like, it came from the 90s where suddenly a lot of things were selling for vast amounts of money. Well, a lot of things from the 50s and right. 60s, which was boomer nostalgia at right. that time, became very expensive. And so a and lot the boomer of- parents who were the parents <laughs> at that time said, oh, this will also repeat will for also- my children, which yeah. was a huge error. Which was a big error because it was a one time only thing. But I mean, like. We laugh about it, but that was a huge thing. It was like comic books were like, we're putting out five rare variant covers and these will go up in value mm-hmm. because like it was a selling point of almost every collectible because it happened once. So therefore it would happen again. And most people didn't sort of look at it and say, oh, this is just a marketing scheme to make you buy stuff that's going to be useless. And And also without... The skeptical understanding that those things in the 50s and 60s became valuable because, you know, Marvel and DC at that time were relatively small companies. And maybe they printed 5,000 issues of a comic and they're like, well, you know, we've got to make our money. Right. And in the 90s, they were like, we know if we put Wolverine on the cover of a book, it's going to sell like hotcakes. 
and we're going to do 20,000 prints of it because we know we'll sell that many and they'll never have any future value. Right. Uh, But also, there wasn't a collector's mindset. I mean, you have to have people who are willing to destroy their product so the ones that they do have are rare. And when the 90s hit and all these things, people are like, put your weenies into a plastic container and save it forever. Like, the collector mindset hit the public and then people stop sort of realizing that the the reason why these are expensive is because of scarcity. Like if one person had ancient Mew and only one person had ancient Mew, that would be worth something. But every kid was like, my parents said to keep it perfect. So I did. And now there's a million of them and it's not rare. Yeah. So going back to vivid voltage, which, you know, people like I open Pokemon cards on stream all the time. Um, and, and people will say like, Hey, I'm getting into Pokemon cards. Like what, what should I open? And you know, that changes over time. Like, like when, when battle styles was new, it was like, Oh, you should get battle styles. It's the newest set. But now if somebody was like, should I get battle styles? Like, no, battle styles is like, there's nothing really great in battle styles. It's like a really loaded set. It's not a lot of fun cards. There are sets that are, are a million percent more fun to open than others. Fusion strike. Not fun to open. It's just way too big. It's way too bloated. Brilliant Stars, great to open right now. I don't know if in a year I could say that Brilliant Stars is still great or fun to open. But like as of this recording right now, like if you want to get into cards, you find Brilliant Stars, worth buying, worth opening, in my opinion. Vivid Voltage at the time was incredibly excited. Like Vivid Voltage was the last set before Pandemic. And it was the the chase card, the the go to card in Vivid Voltage was was Pikachu V Max Rainbow Rare, just this real big chonky Pikachu, LGBT'd out, very very great, love him, very cute and a gorgeous card. And because Vivid Voltage was so hard to find, and because there people were hoarding Vivid Voltage, this, like no joke, the price of Pikachu V Max was. $400 if you wanted to go on eBay or TCG player as of June of 2021 so about a year ago Pikachu VMAX was $336 as of um at the start of this year January of 2022 Pikachu VMAX dropped to $155 and as of 2 weeks ago Vivid Voltage is now on shelves again, being reprinted. There is zero way it's impossible for Pikachu VMAX to ever get to $400 again. I it, it probably won't even get back to $150. It will because more will be out there. And all of these collectors or investors, I should say, that are sitting on <laughs> vivid voltage like maybe in 20 years your vivid voltage will be as worth as much as original base set was worth 20 years ago maybe maybe but that's a huge gamble to like spend a hundred dollars on well they have they have multiple but if you bought one booster box of vivid voltage for 150 and you sat on it for 20 years. I don't know. You're probably better off putting that $150 into like a CD or something. Like, 
Something that has guaranteed uh, returns. Certificate of a cars. deposit. You don't. You mean not a musical album? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, I mean, put it into CDs too. Those. Those will come back. Like the only reason, like Pikachu V Max was four hundred dollars a year ago, is because there's just not that many out there. Right. Because they're sitting. They're sitting in boxes in somebody's abandoned office, and now. Man. And now people are going to be opening them and, you know, the, I mean, like, people will still be selling them. People will still be trading them, but there will just be more out there. It's the same as all these people buying up houses that they don't need. What is wrong with you people? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Buy Pokemon cards because you like Pokemon. I mean, whatever. If, you, if, if Pokemon cards is your investment, I don't know if we can be friends, but, you know, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. I found a TikTok of a person who collects all old Pokemon stuff, and they bought the Pikachu uh, VW Bug, and then they bought the Lugia PT Cruiser and are restoring them, and I'm very envious. <laughs> I don't like either of those cars that much, but just the fact that they have them makes me yeah, envy that whole you don't process. Have them. Will moved probably eight different totes in my house to Minnesota, from Milwaukee to Minnesota. And in those totes were so many different sealed Pokemon items Man, you have and cards. You've got to stop calling those totes. You're confusing people. <laughs> plastic boxes. Bins. Bins. Plastic bins. bins. Plastic bins. Totes are the bags that PBS gives you when you give a donation. <laughs> yeah. All right. That there's a size difference here of magnitude. And honestly, I don't think that any of that stuff is worth it. I have a I have a booster box of XY Evolutions. Uh I don't I don't know how much it's worth, but I'm gonna I'll tell you what, it's probably not gonna be worth a lot in twenty years. <laughs> I don't know. Like things are not thing to me, you can't say like this card is worth four hundred dollars and then refuse to sell it. It's not worth anything then. If 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 you're not if you're yeah. not going to sell it, and you have no intention of selling it, it's not worth anything. Yeah, that's true. I have in my collection. I have magic cards that are worth over a hundred dollars, and I I want them to play with them. Yeah. So they actually have zero value. Yep, they have because, zero value. Or it's like I pulled a relatively pricey card recently and I was like, oh, Greg can use this card. And you know what? It has zero value because I'm just going to bring it to Greg and be like, here, have <laughs> <Yep>. this. <laughs> and it, well, we are making a we are making a trade, a trade. for it. We are, we are actually back, trading, we are trading, actually trading, cards. trading cards. Whoa, How people do that rare. still? Yeah. yeah. Dang, I don't know people I actually trade <laughs> trading cards. He's trading me back a card that I gave him. <laughs> what kind of a scam is that? But, but no, I'm real, giving you a card. True. Real talk. And this is the real where value comes into it because here's something that has value to nobody but does have value to me. If anybody has a complete playset of every My Little Pony trading card game card that ever came out, point me in that direction because I love that game so much and I just want to be able to play it with the cards that exist and I need full set. Thank you. I should have got. I knew I should have gotten in on that, and I didn't. It died. I know. Carlos in our Slack posted that there is a Pokemon cookbook, delicious recipe inspired by Pikachu and Friends hardcover, which is available for pre-order. Um, 
they have an Amazon. I'm not going to give you, like, just go to Amazon and search for it. I'm sure you can also get it at Barnes & Noble. I'm sure you can get it anywhere else. If you don't want to give Jeff Bezos money, probably don't get it off Amazon. But uh, it's called Pokemon My Cookbook, Delicious Recipes Inspired by Pikachu and Friends. And it, I think it comes out this summer. I, I don't have a date here. Final cover to be revealed. Don't leave that part out. Because the it's just going to be the butter dish. A, that cover is bad. The cover is bad, but it's not the final cover. Also, the recipes are very basic, so... Yeah, don't expect a lot. Like, it's not going to be a lot. It's I think it's really meant for, like, families to make things together. I do want to talk about this. This is an anime spoiler, so if you are not caught up on Pokemon Journeys, ah, uh, maybe, like, look at the timestamps and skip this. It, it's technically... And if technically the Pokemon Japanese Twitter tweeted it, so like it's not really a spoiler, but also America is like 50 episodes behind very, Japan. Very far behind. But like it is from an official Pokemon source. They revealed, here's your spoiler, they revealed the final eight trainers who are competing in the Pokemon World Coronation series. Because the anime is about Ash, spoiler, Ash is one of those eight people. We're going to go through the eight people here. Yeah, because um, one of them I don't recognize. Oh, okay. I can answer these questions. Okay, so we have... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go from oldest generation to new. Okay, so we got Ash being featured with his Pikachu. We have Lance... going to lose. Look at this lineup. He's going to lose. We have Lance being featured with his uh, shiny Gyarados that he got from the Lake of Rage. I believe the next person in line would be Steven with his shiny Metagross. I don't remember Steven having shiny Metagross in in the games. He does not, correct? No, he doesn't, but I'm pretty sure he has it in the anime. In the anime. He's always had it in the anime. Yeah, though. he's always had it in the anime. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Cynthia with her Garchomp. Then not we have shiny. Iris with her Haxorus. Ash did beat Iris initially. And then we have uh, Diantha with her Gardevoir, obviously Mega Gardevoir. Steven, I believe, met Mega Metagross, by the way. Uh, and then we have Al Alain, Alan, I think it's Alan, with his Mega Charizard. And then we have Leon with his Dynamax Charizard. You're probably like, who is Alan? Yeah, I don't remember that guy. So Alan is the person who beat Ash in the XY series with... Oh. He beat Ash Greninja, and that's why people were so upset because they thought Ash should have won that series. I never saw the end of that series. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, it was like the closest that Ash had ever come to winning, and then they still took it from him. People were also upset because they 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 thought that Ash had the best team he's ever had. They were upset that. Charizard was fire type and Greninja was water type. Look, Ash can never win. He did win, though. <laughs> I know, but that was the old thing. Ash could never win because then the series would be done. Um, I don't remember what else was on Alon's team here. So he has he has the Mega Charizard. He has the uh, X. He has Metagross. He has Tyranitar. He has Weavile. He has Bisharp. He has Unfe and he has Unpheasant. That is that is his team as of uh, XY. I, I, I'm curious if they're, I'm always curious with any type of television show. I don't know why I said television so funny. Of <laughs> how, TV show? How long they plan out stuff. 
Like when they were when they made the decision that Ash was going to lose to Alan, were they thinking like he's going to lose to Alan, but we know Alan is coming back and we want that rematch? Oh, there's no uh, way to tell. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. So most things don't plan out more than a year because it's a lot of wasted time. But they probably write out rough sketches, like when they were probably writing the uh ending where Alan wins, they were probably had like a note, you know, use this character, rematch would be good. And that might be the the end of what they wrote. And then when they came up with the idea of the world champion or the word cornet series, they're like, oh, let's bring it back here. We have this character. We can bring it back. But I usually storyboarding out more than a couple of years is is a lot of wasted effort, especially if new games are coming out and popularity things change. The show might get canceled. Yeah. Like, why would you waste your time on episodes that are never going to get made? Yeah. So at most they do probably, I would say at best they would storyboard out three years, but it's probably two years max. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I think Journeys is really great. Journeys I, has been a lot of fun. Uh, I think Ash's team is really great in Journeys. I think the battles in Journeys is really great. I, the dynamic between Go and Ash, um, of like Go focusing on catching and Ash focusing on battles, is like really really nice. Well, yeah. I can't remember that girl's name. She's great too. Uh, Chloe. Chloe. <laughs> that girl. That girl. What's that girl's name? Uh, What's that Chloe? girl's name? Chloe's Chloe. okay. Um, her her episodes for me are very hit and miss. Um, but I know people really like Chloe a lot. Okay, so there there's eight trainers here. A lot of champions. I well, I guess Alan is a champion. He like he he yeah. won the he won the XY League. He he is a champion. Um Who is the Diantha is. Diantha. Oh, that's right. But for some reason I think she was in a different series. There's Diantha's no there. there's no way that Ash doesn't battle Alan again. Like when they when they like oh, yeah. when they line these matches up. Like, does Ash really need to battle Iris again? N- no. No. Does but Ash? It's gonna be. It's does Ash be, need to battle Lance again? No. no, I don't think so. It's gonna be Lance versus Iris. Dragon versus dragon. Yeah. And it's gonna be, uh, Cynthia versus Stephen. Okay, it's so there was. Tra- so you didn't watch X and Y. There was a match between Stephen and Alon. I didn't. F- Finish. Okay, there was X a match y. between Steven Thank and Alon, and that match got interrupted because of Lysander. So that match mm. never finished. And there was another match between Diantha and Steven, I think, and I don't think that match finished either. I, I don't remember. But the, I mean, I, so again, there's no way that Ash and Alon don't fight each other. And then, right. so what's the situation? Does Ash finally beat Alon, and people feel vindicated? Or does Alon beat Ash again, and it's just that... Do you know, the writers I... are listening right now, and <laughs> having heard you say that, they're saying, we are going to make sure that Ash and Alon I mean, do here's not Here's the question. Meet. Is Leon going to be going up through the ranks, or is it that they're all fighting to fight Leon, and Leon doesn't do anything until the end? No, is that uh, a Leon, Leon's, it's do... a bracket. Leon's part of the eight. So then it's going to be Charizard versus Charizard at some point, right? But when when... I don't. Do they normally? I guess. Well, yeah. We, they they've showed Steven versus Alon. Like I don't know if they end that series with Alon versus Leon. 
No, they're gonna end. They're gonna end it with Ash. Versus because when Blade. Ash loses Black and White, when he loses the Beyblade, they like they were like, "A tournament's over. So, somebody won, but we're not gonna show you the right, matches. We're not gonna show you, right? No, I mean it's going to end up as Ash versus Leon. Like we know that's gonna end up. So the question is, is do they do a rematch? And since they are probably gonna do a rematch, most likely Ash will win, so they can do the final thing of Ash versus Leon, and then Leon wins. Absolutely, Leon wins. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the they ground. give Ash two victories in a row. No, they gave him his son. His son and Moon victory is really well earned. And I, the people that are like, well, he had a Thor cat. Like, stop. Like, Clefairy has stop. like won it's- world championships. <laughs> like, Pachirisu has won world championships. Zigzagoon in the TCG these, has won championships. Like, these stop. are anime rules, and plot armor and plot weapons exist. Because I have a feeling it would the opening bracket would be Lance versus Iris, Diantha versus Cynthia. I see Diantha versus Iris, and then Diantha brings out a fairy, which Iris oh, was yeah, not prepared be. for. Mm, and Ash takes versus Steven and Elon versus. I feel Leon. like Cynthia versus Iris is probably what they do. Why are you so dragon versus dragon, dude? <laughs> Why is that entertaining to you? Is it not? Ste- is it not Steven versus Diantha? Is that not a match they do? I, I mean, that that would be a good is. fairy versus dragon. Yeah, sure. Fairy versus no, no, fairy versus steel. Fairy versus steel. Oh, okay. Hey, I, I mean, there's a lot of good. It's a bracket of eight, right? Lance. It's a bracket of eight. So right. Four. So Ash has to battle two people before chan- right. champion. So like the two people Ash battles, like I don't know who. Like Al- Alan is one. I don't know who the other one is, but it's obviously well, Leon. Leon's on one side of the bracket. Ash is on the yeah, other side. That's on the other. Uh, who like who on on this thing is the person people want to see Ash battle the most? Probably not Iris, and probably not Lance. It would either have to be Diantha, Cynthia, Cynthia or Stephen. Probably Cynthia. Cynthia is a a big draw. Yeah, this to me like looking at this eight is very very wrestling infused. Of like seeing these brackets and being like, I finally get to see because they do this in wrestling where they, <laughs> yeah. they they tease like two wrestlers not actually wrestling for a year, and then they'll like give you that moment. Also in wrestling, a very common thing is like this wrestler always loses to this wrestler, but always beats this wrestler. So there's like this weird triangle of like A beats B, B beats C, C beats A, but like they can never beat each other. And I'm all I'm like to me, it's like can can. Does Ash never beat Alon? Is Alon just the one person that, like, Alon can lose to other people, but Alon can't lose to Ash? Maybe I th- I feel. Hmm. I mean, Alon is the only one of these characters to come out of a Pokemon series that was not Ash centered. So, that's a lot of power. Alon is the most interesting person in the in the bracket by far. He's the only person that is not from a game who has won a championship and who has beat Ash and who has made multiple people in the world upset that he beat Ash. Like, <laughs> most people dislike Ash. Most people are like, Ash is a lousy trainer. Ash never has won a championship. Ash, and they, and they were like, Ash should have won this championship, which made Alon this instant heel character for for beating Ash with the type advantage, with the uh, the type disadvantage. It's, like, really interesting. It almost feels like if we needed to end the Pokemon series, we're ending it here. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Because that's like, not going to happen. This is never going to happen. 
We'll never be free. But overall, it's very exciting. Question of the week. Question of the week. Oh, the question of the week. That Dua Lipa. Uh, I don't actually know a Dua Lipa song, so... Whatever is trending on TikTok at this point. That is also not Dua Lipa. Not trending on TikTok? I don't know. I just found Uh, out that some lyrics of a Kanye song that's popular on TikTok were completely different than what I thought (laughs) they were when I looked up what the actual lyrics were. Kids, could you uh, enunciate, please? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to no. grab... This is from Slack from Lewis. Uh, what is the favorite concert you have ever attended? There's some music for you. And then I'll grab a YouTube uh, question oh, here. Oh, dang. Uh, okay, so... Not... I, oh, it's hard. So... Tiffany Stevens' Carrie and Lowell album is an incredibly difficult album to get through. And the concert was... One of the most emotional concerts I've ever been to. I'll never forget it, but I can't say it was my favorite because it was like gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick one. I would go with probably the Sugar Cubes when they were just getting popular at the at First Ave because nobody really knew them. So everybody mm. there was actually a super fan, and that was yeah. a lot of fun. Except for the guy that like inappropriately hit on me that was not fun but the rest of the concert was this is a real tough call for me because i've seen a lot of concerts i've seen a lot of concerts <laughs> in a lot of live shows i think i'm gonna have to say of montreal because mm. i was not expecting what that turned out to be <laughs> at all and like just how amazing of a show that they put on uh yeah, uh, I, I'd have to say uh, like if I could see another of Montreal show in a hot second, I'd be there. Hmm. Diva's never been to an actual concert. No, I've been to a lot of bad concerts at the Rave in Milwaukee. <laughs> what a terrible venue! <laughs> I mean, hmm, because you guys have the um had the uh, Summerfest. We have Summerfest. Yeah, there are a lot of musicians there, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. I have only seen a handful of concerts at Summerfest because it is an awful venue. It is they have this thing where like all the stages have um benches in front. So what happens is when the band comes out, everyone stands on the benches and then it instantly gives them a two feet advantage. So if you're not on a bench but you're in the back, you can't see anything. Because everyone's yeah. two feet taller. Yeah. And I don't get why they just don't remove the benches. I mean, I've seen a lot of, like, the State Fair has a lot, it draws really big names. So, like, I could say the person that I've seen in concert the most is Cindy Lauper. I think I've seen Cindy Lauper in concert five times now. Mm. They're always fun, but I can't say it was, like, my favorite one. I mean, she does a good show. I've probably seen the walking and I traveled around the country to see them in different places. That them are the French kicks, but yeah. the French kicks were opening for the Walkman. So, like I was just talking about my top concerts. So, Cindy Lauper. Then I would say Tori Amos. I've seen the most, and Lake Street Dive. I've seen the most. We have to go see Jukebox the Ghost. Together. Uh yes, I've seen them once. They do a great show. I need mm-hmm. to see them again. I saw them with the French Horn Rebellion. That was a really show. The they were they opening. The I think they were opening theater? for Escort. 
The mm. theater they always choose in Minnesota is a garbage theater. Well, I don't like the varsity at all. Uh, I guess my answer is I saw a My Chemical Romance show that was pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's the best you're gonna get. You know why it was good though is because the, it was in an actual theater. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So like there wasn't uh, there wasn't like everyone had seats, and like oh. you just like sat down and like watched, and it was great. There, there was like there was like a small area front where you could stand, but it was like very tiny. Maybe like fifty people could stand there, but it was like yeah. I I I have gotten to the point in my life where like I don't want I want to sit down and I don't want people touching me I don't want to be in like a crowd anymore yeah. I don't want people pushing past me like that's cool you want to get to the front I just I just want a seat I don't want I don't want I don't want I want there I want shoulder to shoulder no I just there is a criteria for Brent and I to go see shows is is it assigned seating because uh, I don't care if I can see or not as long as I can sit down because I did not I cannot stand in a crowded theater for four hours anymore. I can't do it. I don't oh, yeah. want I don't, to. I, at least with something like Warp Tour, you could just kind of walk from stage to stage and stand on the back and see it just fine. And it was big and spacious and like outside. And you just walk to the next venue because there was like seven stages. Anyways, uh, this is off YouTube. Uh, this is from uh, Avolis. Uh, what do you think is the most Digimon-looking Pokemon released so far? That's a false. I would say Eternatus, maybe. Um, Necrozma. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those those think, ones that get real big. Yeah, that I th- I think I'm gonna go with Necrozma. But of course, you know when when somebody says to me like a a Digimon-looking thing, I think of like. The small Digimon, oh, not the right. big Digimon. Like the little, like Coromon, like the little, like blobby yeah. guys. Yeah. Them, or like the little, the little dinosaur guy who was everybody's friend. Agumon. Sure. I've watched like three seasons of Digimon. <laughs> I can't remember a single one of them. I think, I mean, I, I, we can just say that. Agumon is just a ripoff of Charizard and be done with it. Mm, nah, I don't know. Greymon, not really. I mean, they're like both dragons, but I think there's they're like both a... the same color. Probably like Poipel, I think to me yeah. is like would be more Poipel, like Poipel is a good little I, I would Digimon. I would maybe argue a lot of the Ultra Beasts kind of push in that direction. Yeah, Ultra Beasts do push a little Little digis. I don't know what it is about Digimon. I think that's like a bigger conversation of like Pokemon versus Digimon versus like Yu-Gi-Oh or like really any like even or, you can even include um, Final Fantasy creatures. Yokai Watch. Yeah. I think the thing like here the thing that I think really made me appreciate Pokemon a lot more, and and I don't know maybe it's because I do a Pokemon podcast and I stream Pokemon a lot, but like when Gen Eight came out. Like, I felt like I remembered all of those Pokemon very quickly. Like, even a Pokemon that, like, probably no one has ever said there's their favorite Pokemon, like Dotler, like, that middle, like, people like, um, well, I actually don't know if anyone likes Blipbug, but... <laughs> somebody does. I'm sure somebody does. Uh, but, like, Temtem. I played four hours of Temtem, and I cannot tell you a single creature's name. 
Like I and I, I genuinely tried to like like it and learn it, and there was like a lot to learn because they were like, "This is techno type, this is acid type, this is wave type, uh, crystal, mental, toxic." And I walked away from that being like, there wasn't even a creature, and I saw like thirty of them that I was like, "Man, that creature is cool." I just like there was just really nothing to connect with. And I kind of feel the same way with Yu-Gi-Oh. I look at a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh stuff and I'm like, eh, I don't really care. But then I see like Dark Magician Girl or I see like Blue Eyes White Dragon. I'm like, Blue Eyes White Dragon, Those baby. are really connectable. And obviously, because those are like some of their flagship creatures over at Dark Magician, that Yu-Gi-Oh show. But man, there was like nothing in Temtem that I ever gravitated towards and there's something about pokemon designs where even if you're like ah, i hate that ice cream cone it's like you remembered that ice cream yeah cone. Mm-hmm. well i think one thing that pokemon does really well in their design is like one of their core principles is that the silhouette has to be recognizable and has to be separate from like it's hard to mistake it for other things i mean even when it's jigglypuff from above you're like oh that's clearly an Voltorb. it's a jigglypuff shape and I think that is a strength of how they design Pokemon that they don't tend to take into other games where each has to be recognizable from its silhouette. So thus you get very interesting, memorable shapes. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's somebody that could do like their whole like life's work thesis on creature design in between series. There's a lot in Digimon that I really gravitate towards, too, that I like more so than Yu-Gi-Oh!, where, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! I think is cool. I don't think I could ever rewatch the show or pick up the card game again, but I think it's cool. The Karibos, What's... the little puff balls. Yes. Is what is cool about Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't know. You know, like, heart of the cards. You've activated my trap card. You've activated my magic jammer. You've activated my magic jammer. Like, that's... <laughs> Everybody is jamming magic at this point. I don't know, there's something cool about, like, this adult possessing a kid and then everyone in the world being, like, (laughs) very okay with it. That's very bad. That is very creepy. People don't know. What do you mean? That's what I don't get about the show is, like, the pharaoh is like, I'm taking over, Yugi, and everyone's like, okay. (laughs) Okay, just because you can see the change (laughs) Change. in Yugi's physical form does not mean the people in the cartoon world can see the change. They just thought he was getting serious to play the game, and so like, hi, I'm Yugi, too. I shall send you (laughs) to the Shadow Realm. Like... Whoa, he's serious when he plays this game. Wow. He's Get really going, Yugi. It. And then Yugi come back like, what just happened? Where was I? Oh, you kidder. That was a tough game, wasn't it? Yeah, they only do that for like seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joey Wheeler's the best character, so. Mm. Should we rewatch Yu-Gi-Oh? Should we start no. a Yu-Gi-Oh! watch I podcast? No, we should not. started wa- rewatching Yu-Gi-Oh! recently, and... It's not easy. <laughs> okay, it's if, not easy. If there's a huge spike in money, like a huge Patreon goal, like if you give us ten thousand dollars a year, I will rewatch. I will rewatch and do a specialty podcast around Yu Gi Oh. Do you know there- for my old podcast, the Patreon, the fifty thousand dollar a month level was literally Will will start playing Yu Gi Oh. That tells <laughs> and- you. What it would take for me to there, get involved there, with There Yu-Gi-Oh. is a very successful Buffy the Vampire podcast out there. I, I mm-hmm. did not know that there is this obsession with Buffy the Vampire. Uh, what? 
They, look, how could you not know that? How could you not know like, that? Look. And it's the vampire slayer. Thank you. Buffy Thank is you. not the actual vampire. Not, Buffy is not a vampire. She slays the vampires. Um, they make a lot of money on Patreon. I'm just mm-hmm. asking, is there that kind of audience for Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> no, there is not. Well. <laughs> no, because okay, Yu-Gi-Oh players are poor. That's why they play in, Yu-Gi-Oh. In, <laughs> in popularity levels, Yu-Gi-Oh is still an incredibly popular. Like, when I go to play card games on Tuesday nights, it coincides with Yu-Gi-Oh night. And there are still plenty of people. I love it. Plenty of people come to play Yu-Gi-Oh. And I swear, I have never been around Yu-Gi-Oh players where 90% of the match isn't what makes you think you can do that? Why can you do that? I don't think you can do that. <laughs> this sounds awesome. Like, this this is how you play Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't think you can do that. Prove to me you can No. No. See, you can only normal summon that one. You can't synchro summon that one. So see now you've got that wrong. <laughs> that game is so Wild. <laughs> I just want to yes. scream at. I just like screaming at people you've activated my trap card. Yeah, I yeah. Real and then life. I get to scream. You've activated my magic jammer. <laughs> but you're correct. No, like, Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh sounds awesome. Still, I'm convinced. It's it's incredibly popular, but I don't think the Isn't Yu-Gi-Oh community is into spending. Pot, card, of greed. pot of greed. Pot I think that card got greed. banned. Uh I got modified. I don't know if it got banned. Yu-Gi-Oh is not big on ban. Well, wait a minute. That's the story of Yu-Gi-Oh! Is they ban things Can right after they like, sell a lot of them. No, I Look, need. I just want to run a dark I, magician guy deck. No, I want to ra- run red eyes black dragon. No, oh, that's the bad one. It's the edgier version of blue eyes white dragon. You got to do the Wizard of Oz one. I don't think. Oh yeah, that, I mean, think you can what do is that. the Wizard of Oz Should one? Be the tagline I, I, of I, I, there is a Wizard of Oz archetype in Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I don't remember. You ever see some called. Yu-Gi-Oh cards? You like it? It's like ninety-nine percent text, and then there's a very yes. tiny picture at the top. You're like, give me like thirty Va- minutes to like read this and comprehend what card we- fight Vanguard. <laughs> All right, we need to end this show. Uh, Will, well, what is Pokemon? Is a of the Wizard week? of Oz thing. Last this week's Pokemon, I lost what I wrote down about it. I just remember it has a similarity to a particular yokai from Yokai Watch and bad smells and something or other. It's Dark Magician Girl. Oh. <laughs> We're switching. It's Stunky. Stunky, that oh, is I thought the it was Cro- I thought it was Krogunk. How does Krogunk relate to the yokai who had a butt face oh i thought i i just think Krogunk <laughs> looks more yokai than stunky stunky just looks like a uh, an animal have you seen cheek squeak no <laughs> it's literally a butt with a body <laughs> i mean i guess stunky is too in, in a way <laughs> Krogunk does kind of look yo what yokai watchy though who knows what that even means? Hi, we just spent- the only thing that yokai watchy means is like a cat with a swirly on its head. Okay, if you look up a picture of Cheek Squeak, you I- will see Stunky. Exactly, <laughs> like unavoidable. Uh, exactly. Oh, this show is off the rails. Uh, despite being based on a striped, stripped species of skunk, Stunky sprays from its handstand. Like a spotted skunk, 
as seen in the episode The Secret Sphere of Influence. Stunky can be seen parallel to Glammeow. Stunky is exclusive to Pokemon Diamond and Black 2, while Glammeow is exclusive to Pearl and White 2, and their evolved forms are used by Team Galactic Commanders Jupiter and Mars, respectively. Both belong to the Field Egg Group, and as a two-stage evolutionary line, both cannot be found in Pokemon Platinum. Ooh. That's actually pretty good trivia. Yeah. Uh, great shuffle, great shiny. Good shine. Very, very good shine. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, wait. I don't. Can't you? So, I'm, throw, I'm throwing you guys a curveball. Uh, uh, it's going just to get. Uh, you got you ready to take notes? I'm ready. Oh, Greg got God. his big pad. All right. Here we go. Listen carefully, my friends. Don't. It's the last line that always matters. There's only one line. <laughs> See? I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Listen, while this character is not the first of its kind to have a career before your involvement with them in-game, they are notable for not showing up for the parade held in your honor. They state they saw it on TV. It's a character of the week. It's not a Pokemon of the week. I tricked you. Blue eyes, white dragon. Now. Dark Magician Guy. Black no. Eyes, Red Dragon. Are, <laughs> none of these appear in Red Pokemon Eyes, games. Blue Dragon. Green Eyes, Silver Dragon. <laughs> Orange Eyes, Plaid Dragon. My favorite one. Uh, hey, we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to comment uh, your question of the week. Uh, like the episode. I don't know. Share the episode. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Sma smash Ding the bell. Smash Get notified. You made it here to the end. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever, thank you. Um, thanks for making it to the end. Uh, I've, if you're if you're haven't watched on Twitch yet, if you're like, oh, Steve streams on Twitch, I do. Uh, as of May, the week of May 8th, I'll be streaming Stardew Valley all week. There was a, a goal for me to play Stardew Valley instead of Pokemon. So if you if you listen to a Pokemon podcast and you're like, I've had too much Pokemon in my week, and or you are a Stardew Valley aficionado, I will, is that's a word, I think, I will be playing Stardew Valley this week on Twitch. Um, Twitch, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all the same. PKMNCAST. Uh, Will is at Washing the Sink. Greg is at White Wing. I am at Dragging a Lake. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you to anyone who supports on Patreon. Um, and thanks, thanks for like, liking the content. We'll see you guys next week. This has been another. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are. Super effective. Super sent to the Shadow Realm.
This show is supported by Patreon. A shout out to all our producers who support our show at a high level, starting with Stephen, Sean, Matthew, Bovine, Kay, Jessica, Jacob, Brian, Evan, Ryan, Nate, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Smash, Gray, Dylan, Carlos, and Alvaro. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Steph, Spencer, Courtney, and Brady. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like your name read at the end of the show or you just want to support, it's super effective. You can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T or ISE.cash in order to support the show if you want to. Otherwise, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week.